Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Healthy Mind Healthy Lives where we explore the connection between well-being, personal growth and living the fulfilling lives. So today we are diving into a topic that ignites passion and ambition in many. So it's entrepreneurship. Yeah. But what it uh, what if true uh, success isn't just about profit or the hustle? So what if the ultimate goal is freedom? So joining me today is a seasoned entrepreneur and coach Jeremy Shapiro. So welcome to the show Jeremy. So thank you uh, so much for having me. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also I'd like to mention like uh Jeremy helps businesses transition from solopreneur to business owner unlocking the key to true freedom and fulfillment. So without further ado let's jump into the discussion today. Yeah. So uh Jeremy like uh what drew you to coaching entrepreneurs especially and uh, what motivates you to help them achieve the freedom through their businesses i've always been an entrepreneur at heart my very first businesses that i launched even back in high school decades later uh, to today have always been built around working with founders uh, entrepreneurs and business owners entrepreneurial freedom is for many the goal but not always as clearly defined as you might think mm-hmm. so if you think about for example why you got into business there's probably a reason behind that and for everyone it's a little different we're all on our own journey at the end of that rainbow however there's usually this desire for an element of freedom that i call your entrepreneurial freedom and exactly. when we talk about entrepreneurial freedom we don't just mean the financial freedom we mean the freedom of time the freedom of choice you get to choose how you spend your time here on this earth we're all going to the same destination might as well have some say in what you do along the way there wow so uh i mean you, you mentioned the trap of solopreneurship so if you can elaborate on the key di- uh, distinctions between this and being a true business owner so how it impacts the freedom for some business owners they have a trade they've been doing as an employee for somebody else you think about the typical example of say an electrician or a plumber or a carpenter in the trades mm-hmm. they work their career in this job and then at some point decide to go out on their own to run a business doing that trade running a business however is very different than doing the work of the business because suddenly you're dealing with hiring managing payroll marketing bookkeeping all these things that are involved in running a business which for a business owner can sometimes be overwhelming because now everything is your responsibility So how do you get out from underneath that? How do you get that true entrepreneurial freedom to choose how you spend your time and who you work with? Well, that often comes from growing your business beyond just yourself. 
For some, that very first hire is a part-time virtual assistant or an outsourced VA. For others, it's hiring a key employee. For others, it's building a whole team. But the more you take workload off of your plate and task that to individuals, the more freedom you have to work on higher value things in your business mm-hmm. and to enjoy time outside of the business as well. In a franchise, I was shocked to find out that sometimes franchisees who buy into, for example, a sandwich shop might right. work 60 to 80 hours a week, okay. which is so unhealthy and so uh, awful from a work-life balance, from an enjoyment standpoint and so on. And they make well below minimum wage. So they're getting the worst part of having a job and the worst part of owning a business together. So the inverse of that is our founders and entrepreneurs who go out and start a business and then find ways to work less in the business, but get more value from that business and choose how they spend their time working with clients they love to work with, spending time with family and getting that freedom away from the business as well. Definitely. Thank you, Drew. So, uh, um, okay. I mean, uh, we were discussing about that. So how does, uh, I mean, how did you incorporate the yogic principles and the philosophy into your approach to entrepreneurship and the coaching? So there's so much overlap uh, from different places uh, of the world and how it overlaps back to business. Uh, and one of the things that I've written about recently that I love is applying the yoga principle of drishti to a business, right? So when you think about drishti being this unwavering focus, um, there are many different ways you can do this depending on your yoga practice. But in business, we also need a focus. We need a point that we're aiming for. Um, that might be your bigger picture, mission, vision, or purpose. Because in business, we have ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. We have things that come out of left field and surprise us. We have challenges along the journey getting to where we're going. And if we're reacting to each of those in the moment and over course correcting, we can lose sight of our bigger picture vision of where we want to be going. So if you think about, for example, um, you're launching a new product and you're making some sales calls and talking to prospects. If the first call you make, someone tells you that they're not interested and you say, you know what, forget this, this isn't a good fit and you abandon that mission and vision you had, that's an overcorrection and that's actually not good. Right now, if you've heard from a hundred prospects you've talked to that none of them are interested, well, maybe you don't have the right match for your message and your market. Right, so you can course correct, but keep in mind what the bigger picture, mission, vision, and purpose is, and stay true to that. An airplane, for example, we we've all heard the story that an airplane is off course something like ninety eight percent of the time from when it takes off until it lands. Sure. What the pilots do is they make small corrections along the way to stay on course. Right. If they made no corrections, you end up in a completely different city from where you intended to go. That'd be too late to make a change. Exactly. And if they overcorrected all along the way, well, that would be a very, very uncomfortable plane journey. Instead, you're making small corrections on the way towards the destination you want to get to. So when we apply the the yogic concept of drishti to our business, we have that unwavering focus to where we're going. And when something distracts us, a thought comes into our mind. Right. You can acknowledge it. You appreciate it and you go back to where your focus should be. The same thing happens in business. If you have a problematic client, if you have a a difficult employee, you have some sort of challenge that comes up in your business, we acknowledge it, we do what we need to do, but then we get back on track to where we're trying to go. Okay, okay. So in your experience, like what are the biggest uh, misconceptions about freedom among entrepreneurs? Like... um, Uh, What does this true freedom look like beyond just the financial independence? 
Yeah. So a lot of people think about when you start your own business, it's about financial freedom. And yeah, financial freedom is a wonderful thing, but that's not all that matters in life. You know, no one's ever been in their grave at that last moment on their deathbed and said, oh, I wish I had more money, right? When you talk to folks later on in life, looking back, often it's, I wish I spent more time with my family. I wish I took better care of my health. I wish I did more in my community. I wish I had more of a spiritual connection. I wish I did all these things. Rarely is it about the financial aspect. So yes, entrepreneurship and having your own business can bring you financial freedom, but it can also bring you that freedom of time. And so when we find that freedom of time, it lets us do things that bring fulfillment and value to our lives. It lets us take care of our health, our wellness, our family, our community, and all the other things that really matter. Because at the end of the day, for many of us, if you're looking at financial freedom, if you peel back the onion, as it were, and look one or two or three or five layers deeper, you want that because you want an element of security. You want to be able to take care of your family. You want to be able to take care of your health and all of those things. Instead of making the financial component the requirement to do those things, flip it around. Take care of your body, your health, wellness, your family, your community, all those other important things in your life, and do that through business. Do that through entrepreneurship. That's what gives you that freedom to do the things that are important to you. That's that's really lovely, I would say, yeah. So um, also, like, if you can share some of the stories of the entrepreneurs who have successfully shifted their focus to achieve the time freedom and a more balanced, fulfilling life. Yes. So when we look at entrepreneurs who've taken this journey, um, I love talking to entrepreneurs who uh, have, as I say, come up the other side of the rainbow and been on that journey of finding entrepreneurial freedom. Um, so when we look at the threads of commonality between those, that's what I find really interesting. And I also enjoy looking at the outliers. Like what are the individual lessons that the people I interview do differently or uniquely from everybody else? Um, so one particular journey I love is, uh, and by the way, these stories I write up, you know, after I interview folks, I, I write these stories up and share these online. So you're, you're welcome to read, read into the individual stories too. Um, but one story I love is of a gentleman named Ryan. Um, as he came out of the military, he went and uh, started his own business uh, and faced a lot of challenges and tragedy along the way on that journey. Um, but as he got his first business started and off the ground, um, he started to build it out and was hiring team members, which was great. But he was still very much the guy in the field every single day, showing up at the job site, being there to manage the team, manage who was showing up, uh, manage the entire project, getting estimates and quotes and invoices out, doing everything. Even though he had crews doing the work on the job site, he was still very involved in all parts of the business, as many business owners are. Well, one day he was out at a job site and he had a bobcat, one of those little bulldozers on a trailer. Uh, and he was talking to his clients and he looks up and he sees the truck and the trailer and everything rolling down the hill towards him. And before he can react, this truck and the trailer and the bobcat roll over him, breaking his leg and then dragging his body down the road. And when it finally came to a stop, there's blood everywhere, his femur sticking out of his leg, and lots of things are broken. So he wakes up in the trauma center with like two broken legs, broken ribs, punctured this, like it was awful. And he looked down at himself in the hospital bed, and there was this realization of the business was built on his physicality, right? And suddenly he did not have his physicality. He couldn't go to a job site because he was literally in a hospital bed. And so he had to make some really tough decisions. 
So he had been hiring crew members to go out and do the work of the business in the field, but he didn't have anyone making sales calls or writing invoices or managing the crews. So the first thing he needed to do was make one of those hires. And so he did. And then he realized that the person out in the field was doing a better job than he was. But more importantly, he didn't have to go to any job sites and the work was still getting done. He put technology in place and systems in place to allow his team to clock in on the job site without him needing to be there. So now he wasn't uh, having to be present at a job site and check people in. They were able to do that remotely. And so he put systems, technology, and people in place. Mm-hmm. And he found the less he did, the better the business did. And so he was working less and the business was doing even better and profits were up. So he realized not by choice, but by a forced decision that he could grow the business and have it not be only based around him. Um, and so that was one of those journeys that I thought was really interesting. And one thing Ryan does when he looks at the metrics in his business that I love is he looks at what he calls Ryan time. So he looks at what's the profit in the business and he divides that over how many hours of Ryan time was involved in that business. And so he can look at that personal ROI. So if he goes out and shows on the, on the job site and wants to dig a ditch, he can do that. Mm-hmm. If he enjoys it, that's okay, right? When we get entrepreneurial freedom, it doesn't mean you're not allowed to do the work you love. It means you have the choice to do the work that you want to do. So if you're, for example, um, a tradesperson, you can still go out and do that trade. If you're, uh, if you're a chef and you're building up your restaurant, no one's saying you can't work in the kitchen. You still can if you love it and you can do it, but you don't have to. You're now choosing to do what you want and work with the clients you want to work with. True. Wow. That's great. So uh, what advice would you uh, give to someone who are struggling with the burnout or feeling trapped in the hustle mentality of their business? Oh my gosh. So there's been this toxic direction. I feel the world of entrepreneurship has gone, you know, the past decade or so. Uh, and that's the around the world of this hustle mentality, right? The idea that while you're asleep, the competition is out there taking all your customers and taking away your business. And every moment you're not working on your business, someone else is taking from a small pot. And that's so that's such a toxic mindset. That's such a limiting view of the world. We can always make that pie bigger, and bigger isn't always better, mm-hmm. right? So. The, the counter movement to this is the anti-hustle movement, which I'm a huge advocate of, right? It's okay to build the right size business for you sure. to support your mission, vision, and purpose that might be outside of and beyond your business, mm-hmm. right? If what you want is to have a business that allows you to be present with your family, then you can do that. And that doesn't need to be a Decacorn, a $10 billion valuation business. You don't need that. You don't have to have a thousand employees just to enjoy time with your family. If your goal is to have something that provides you the freedom to travel and work wherever you want to work, right? You don't need to work 90 hours a week in a beautiful exotic location, right? What you're looking for is a business that allows you that freedom. So yeah, if you find yourself plateauing and looking to grow more, first of all, make sure you have clarity on what it is you're trying to grow towards and when we look back to yoga drishti, like we were talking about, keep your focus on what that is. You know, many years ago, I had a business, uh, and my partner and I, um, we were finding there was some friction. Our business had been going great, and then we found ourselves not really seeing eye to eye. And so we went to our business coach at the time, and uh, we asked him, can you help us out with this? And he sat us down, and we had a really good session. But what he did is he asked us to figure out sort of what our top three to five priorities were, and to put that down on the whiteboard. 
And then he left the room and he said, I'll check back in a few hours. So there we were, just the two of us on our whiteboard. And we're figuring out, you know, things like um, family, things like, you know, a business growth, you know, all these different sort of values and things that were important to us. And what we realized was we had the same top three priorities. They were just in the opposite order. My number one was her number three. Her number one was my number three. Our number two happened to be the same. And so no wonder there was conflict. Our priorities were different. And once we had that clarity, it was so eye-opening. And we were like immediately back on the same page. And we were able to understand what was important to each other so that we could build the business that supported our priorities. And that was a really eye-opening experience. So when you look at you know a plateau that you have, or if you need to be hustling more, take mm-hmm. a step back and get clarity on what it is that you're working for, and then make sure you're only doing the work that matters to help you get there. Cool. Understood. Great. So um, also, like, uh, what resources would you recommend for the entrepreneurs who are interested in exploring the intersection of yogic principles and the business practices? Ooh, um, I've actually not found a great resource specifically on that. Um, I've written about that a fair amount. Uh, my writing is at bayareamastermind.com. If you search yoga there, Drishti, like you'll, you'll find that. Um, there's a ton of great books on yoga and a ton of great books on business. Um, I've not found a ton that really cover the intersection of those two. Um, that's just something that, you know, uh, I was in a yoga practice one day and we were focusing our gaze at a point on the wall. Uh, you know, we were in, um, I forget which pose we were in specifically, but, uh, it was a balancing pose and having that, that gaze in that direction was really helpful to find that balance. And like, it clicked for me, that realization of that connection of, uh, this is just like business, you know, focusing on, on the point where you want to go. If you look to the side and you get distracted or something else, well, you might fall over and the same thing might happen in business. Um, and there's so many good overlaps there. So that's something that I've written about, um, at, which you can find my writings at bayareamastermind.com. That's great. Lovely. So, uh, Jeremy, like your insights on using the yoga principles to unlock the true freedom through entrepreneurship were truly inspiring, I would say. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and practical tips with us today. So uh, super. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. I love the podcast. And it's great to be on the show with you. Yeah, yeah. And and also, also for the listeners, I would love to mention, like, remember that finding the freedom in your business is not about um abandoning the ambition or maybe the hard work. So it's all about clarifying your principles, aligning uh, your actions with your values. And also uh, building the systems that uh, support your desired lifestyle. So uh, I I believe this episode has resonated with all of you. And if so, please do not forget to subscribe our podcast on your favorite podcast platform and on social media as well. And till then, be happy, stay healthy, stay mindful. And thank you so much.